0: National Treasure or Night at the Museum? No, I'm mad at the Smithsonian, so Night at the Museum's gone. That's Why very, am I mad at the Smithsonian? That's a great question. This is episode 84. Episode 83 is how giants are real and all their bones got mad to the Smithsonian. No, and I the like guy,
1: Smithsonian.
0: The guy <laughs> in charge of the Smithsonian was a racist, been so he guy, got rid of all the bones. blue. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bug and Rug Podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And today we're bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully by the end of it we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will
1: tell. (laughs) i'm trying a new thing that's (laughs) it that's (laughs) it i'm just trying a new thing where instead of responding to you after you say that i just sit in uncomfortable silence to see
0: that's fine (laughs) i'll
1: do it right back Anyway. <laughs>
0: anyway.
1: Couldn't let it happen, huh? <laughs> no, I could Well, you winked at me, which made it a little strange, so. Well, I thought that'd be the straw that broke the camera's back <laughs> if I'm being
0: honest. I'm
1: like, this is going to be the most uncomfy thing that happens. I don't know what to do
0: when people wink at me. <laughs> and here comes the silence again. Anyway, I guess I'll just start talking since you
1: have nothing to add. I'm sorry. Only time will tell indeed. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Now, do you know what number episode this is?
1: Eighty-four.
0: What's 84 divided by two? Forty-two. What epi- what, what did we talk about on episode 42? Why would I remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Episode 42 was dedicated to some of the most famous curse objects that oh, no. I could find on the oh, internet. Oh, geez. This included the hands resist him painting, mm-hmm. the Busby stoop chair, and the infamous Dubik
1: box. Ah uh, yes, 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 yes. I remember yes, yes, yes. um most of those. I was actually thinking about that painting the other day. Mm-hmm. Um anytime <gasps> Everyone's fine. No cats were harmed in the making of this audio. They're just playing, like, King of the Mountain, and I'm not entirely sure, like, what's the mountain and... (laughs) Who's the king? (laughs) Who's the king? (laughs) Anyway, back to cursed objects.
0: Uh, You were thinking of the
1: hands-resistant painting the other day? Yeah, um, the last time I was in in any antique store, actually, there's a lot of paintings, and I feel like... The rule when you go into an antique store or or any like flea market is hands in pockets. One, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to break Mm -hmm. anything. And two, Mm -hmm. because like there's certain things that you don't touch. Super cursed. Because it could be super cursed. But now I feel like since that episode, I've added on a third rule don't look directly at the paintings. Don't look directly (laughs) at paintings. And I don't know if you've seen some older paintings. Uh, of kids. I've never seen an old painting. Listen to me. (laughs) If you go into the antique store, there's a common theme that I've discovered that makes me really uncomfortable where the old like pictures slash paintings of kids that are supposed to look more realistic for some reason they make their eyes look more doll-like and beady. Okay. Mom pointed this out too. Like it almost looks It's like the what's, what's that effect? You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like Almost. Are you talk about uncanny valley. Yeah,
0: like it's almost humanoid, yeah. but it's it's there's something off about it. So it instead of it being like oh I'm comfortable with this, it's ooh that's creepy. Yeah,
1: they're either like pictures that have been retouched and yeah. now it's like uncomfy looking. Yeah, or they're paintings that are too realistic and it's then uncomfy looking. Right,
0: right, 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 right.
1: Either right. way, either way,
0: I'm, be careful in antique stores. Yeah, is what we're trying to say. Well. Since this episode is number 84, I thought that, you know, we'd have a fun Cursed Objects Part
1: 2.
0: What Do we have to? We do have to!
1: <laughs> okay, I
0: guess. Now, in episode 42, if you haven't listened, um, I stated that a curse can be defined as a harm resulting from an appeal to a supernatural power. Now, this curse can be attributed to a prayer, an evocation, a charm, or an object... Cursing can be found in almost all religious traditions across the globe, but they all have similar purposes. These purposes could be to enforce the law, assertion of doctrinal orthodoxy, assurance of community stability, harassment of enemies, moral teaching, protection of sacred places or objects, etc. Etc. Altogether, no. now et Etc. So, I did recount the famous curse from the movie Holes as an example in episode 42. But this time around, I decided to give you another reference point that might be a little more
1: familiar. to those But not too familiar. To th- <laughs> but not too not familiar?
0: Now, this time, my reference will come from one of my favorite movie franchises ever. Shrek. Shrek, thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: no. It was either Shrek or Scooby-Doo, and honestly, either way.
0: <laughs> right. Okay, so Shrek and Donkey, obviously in the first movie in the Shrek franchise, have gone and saved the beautiful Princess Fiona and are taking her to Lord Farquaad. hmm Correct? Now, they stop and they rest for the evening mm-hmm. um, near a abandoned uh, windmill cottage. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what it is. Yes. Now... You know, Shrek and Donkey are staying outside, but Donkey goes inside to talk to Fiona, and as he enters the building that Fiona is staying in, he is surprised to see that she has taken the form of an ogre. Ogress. Fe- Ogress. Excuse me. Now, Fiona tells him that she is the victim of a witch who cursed her in her youth to become an ogre by night. The only way to rid the curse is to kiss her true love. And the curse is as follows. By night one way, by day another, this shall be the norm, until you find true love's first kiss, and then take love's true form. Now, I don't want to spoil the best movie franchise to ever be.
1: No spoilers for Shrek. Not here.
0: Not here. In this economy? In this economy? No, no ma'am. Well, it works out for Fiona in the end, is all I'm going to say. Now, while becoming an ogre may not be the greatest curse to be placed under... Certainly isn't the worst.
1: I mean, yeah. Well, I've never been an ogre, I can't <laughs> say. I've never met an ogre, I don't know.
0: If you've met an ogre, let us know at B A or I do wanna just take
1: if a Have you minute... ever
0: had true love's first kiss?
1: <laughs> Let's not. I don't with an ogre. With an ogre. Yes. <laughs> no, that's a story I want to hear. Oh, also, um,
0: Thank you, David, for understanding that I love Shrek, and it's not a joke. And please, if you ever see anything about Shrek, please send it to me, like David has done.
1: Well, and I tried to tell him, we're never going to post anything about Shrek that's a joke. It's going to be strictly, (laughs) like, factual or serious-based Shrek topics i love shrek anyway let's get off shrek <laughs> uh,
0: I, i'll keep talking about this we can't keep talking about shrek mm. we can we can but i won't i want to we'll, we're gonna jump into something else but i can avoid the cursed object you can't I
1: keep talking about no
0: you. no because we're gonna keep going i'm gonna steamroll over you now the first cursed object that we are going to discuss is called the screaming skull of burton
1: agnes hall oh it kind of rhymes The Screaming Skull of Burton Agnes Hall. Yeah. (laughs) Now, see, I even remembered it. Got it in one.
0: (laughs) Okay. According to the tale, three sisters built Burton Agnes Hall that resides in England during the reign of Queen Elizabeth the First. However, tragedy struck before the manor was completed. The youngest of the three sisters was attacked by thieves and mortally wounded while walking in the park one night. She quickly succumbed to the injuries and complications that occurred after. However, on her deathbed, she supposedly made one last wish.
1: Mm. It's a very long wish, so hold on. Strap uh, in. It was with her dying breath. (laughs) (laughs) No, she did this all in one breath. (laughs) Okay, let's see if you can. Go for it. Quote. No, I can't do it. I can't. It's too long.
0: <laughs> Good. sisters, never shall I sleep peacefully in my grave in the churchyard unless I or part of me at least remain here in our beautiful home as long as it lasts. Promise me this, dear sister, that when I am dead, my head shall be taken from my body and preserved within these walls. Here, let it forever remain, and and on no account be removed, and understand and make it known to those who in the future shall become possessors of the house, that if they disobey this, my last injunction, my spirit shall, if so able and so permitted, make such a disturbance within its walls, so as to render it uninhabitable for others, so long as my head is divorced from its homo.
1: Okay, two things. First of all, okay, haunting in Connecticut, calm down. (laughs) Secondly, simple request. Simple request. Cut my head off. I want my head separated from my body and put in the walls of this house. Yeah. Simple
0: request. You would think. And then leave it there. If I asked you to do that for me, would you do it? Yeah. Well. If you
1: really wanted me to. You're better than these sisters. Oh, come on. Her
0: older sisters vowed to make her wish come true, but they somehow forgot this really weird promise that they had made to her sister. And they buried her body in its entirety.
1: You know what? They were grief stricken.
0: Or they could have been like, yeah, yeah, that's a really wonderful request. Like, we'll totally do that. Uh, yeah. Hush now. She's, Save your energy.
1: She's she's dying. She can't. She doesn't know give what she's saying. To this, she doesn't have capacity. That's what it's called. There you go. There you go. Well, after the hall
0: was completed and the two sisters had moved in, strange moaning sounds began plaguing them at night. Where's my
1: hoe? Taily-po, taily-po, <laughs> bring back my taily-po.
0: Heady-po, heady-po, <laughs> bring me back my heady-po. Well, this this moaning became so terrible that they decided they, they have to find their sister's body and bring the head back to the manor.
1: At least they remembered. They're like, oh, yeah, we forgot. Right. <laughs> so when they exhumed the body, they
0: found that the head was already separated from the body and devoid of flesh. So it's just a skull mm-hmm. so they thought perfect easy she's like here how much simpler are i, simpler I, did I make to make it? make it now once the head was returned to the manor everything was peaceful however a skeptical servant wrapped the skull up one day and tossed it into a wagon that was outside the horses attached to the wagon began trembling in fear while the house shook violently and moaning started to be heard all around until the skull was returned.
1: So let's just take a minute and picture this. <laughs> boys like... It's not real. This ain't real. <laughs> Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> his soul. And then everything... And then earthquake, horse Winnie, hell breaks loose.
0: Is that like a... Is that like desecration of a body? Which part?
1: Him. Throwing it out a window? Yeah. Yeah, probably though, <laughs> also taking it from the churchyard. Yeah, but that was on her request, so I don't think that's the same thing. But where was it laying at? That they had it
0: just like, I think they had it not out, but in like a, on top of the mantle or something like that. You know what I mean? Please tell me that's exactly where it
1: was. <laughs> it's in the fireplace, on the fireplace in the kitchen doll. Right,
0: I don't know. Now, it's it, it is said that a relative of Sir Henry Somerville Boynton, buried the skull in the yard after he moved in and had a very similar experience of that of the servant so after this it is believed that the skull was taken back into the home and finally bricked up into a wall so that it may never be removed again obviously that's what should have happened in the first place
1: i don't understand like do it before the drywall goes up (laughs) You know? Did they have a drywall back then? Probably not. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Because like now they up, have to tear
0: it now they have to tear the wall down.
1: You just made so much more work for everyone. Yeah. It also caused distress yeah. to a spirit and everyone else in the house. Yeah. On multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was a simple request. It was a simple request. Remove my
0: head from my body, brick it up in the house. Yeah. Never to be removed again. Now, this story may sound pretty spectacular and pretty out there, but there's pretty strong evidence pointing towards one particular family that this could have been based on. Oh. Now, the Burton Angus Hall was actually built for Sir Henry Griffith in the 16th century. It was He was a real guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, he did have three daughters, the youngest named Anne Griffith, And those who stayed in the hall years later claim to have seen Anne Griffith's spirit roaming the grounds without a head. Mm -hmm. So many believe that this story is true and it's based on this family and Anne Griffith. Now, nobody quite knows where the skull is at this point inside the home, but I'm not entirely sure if they've like... Obviously they haven't torn it down and rebuilt it. No,
1: what are they going to do? Unless they took, like, a cadaver dog in, but still, right. I, don't, I think it's too old, probably. I don't know how far know. back they go.
0: Well, yeah, and if they didn't preserve the skull, I
1: don't know. You know what I mean? Like, how well it would have stayed. Uh, in a supernatural state, it is preserved. Pristine. <laughs> already, listen, the flesh went off of it, but then in the process, it was also, like, preserved from yeah. there. So she could be a saint. yeah. Well, did she do any miracles besides this? I don't think so. So, no. Okay. Anyway. We'll um, have to talk to the church. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you.
0: (laughs) Now, there are several other stories about screaming skulls plaguing Britain, including that of Berescombe Manor, Calgarth Hall, and higher Chilton Farm. Don't forget Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Absolutely. Thanks, Nicholas Cage. Now, the stories regarding the origins of the skulls vary, but the problems that follow when the haunted and or cursed skull is moved from removed from the home have things in common, such as those who do it having bad luck, poltergeist activity, and blood-curdling screams or moaning that can be heard. So whether you want to take this as more of a cursed skull or a haunting is up to you. I thought it was pretty interesting.
1: I just again so straightforward. What did you think? What did you think was gonna happen?
0: She spelled it out for you. She spelled it out for you. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was yeah. It was pretty in detail. She should have
1: written it down and had them sign it in blood. She should have. She should have written it down. Yeah. So they had a. a, They leave it on a post it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway.
0: Now, we are going to talk about another painting that is supposedly cursed, or a set of paintings that is supposedly cursed.
1: Here we go. Now, the
0: paintings of, bear with me, Beksinski is his last name. Okay. The first name, Z-D-Z-I-S-L-A-W. It's Polish. Hmm. So, I'm going to refer to him as his last name. Beskinski, which is not how you pronounce it, because I watched a video, but I'm forgetting the video, so this is how I'm going to pronounce it. I'm so sorry.
1: Shout out to Poland for having, like, really cool creative names, yeah. but unfortunately, there's so many constants together that our brains can't process them. <laughs> ZDZ, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> Z-Z-Z.
0: Now, uh, Beskinski was born in Poland on February 24th, 1929. After a childhood spent during World War II, he went to... The to university in Krakow where he studied architecture. Now he completed schooling in 1952 and supposedly went on to be a construction site supervisor but he really didn't like this at all. So he decided to turn towards the arts using his knowledge of construction site materials to begin sculpting. Now his love for arts took many other forms throughout his lifetime, including photography, drawing, painting, and even graphic design.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Beksinski gained recognition as a photographer late In the late 1950s, due to his work with Lucheski, L-E-W-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I, and Schlabs, S-C-H-L-A-B-S. The informal group held exhibitions, Bazinski showing his work as the most theory-oriented. Now, he was known for his surrealistic expressionist works, and they were thought to be the most radical pieces created by the trio. Now, we'll kind of get into this a little bit more. I don't know a lot about art s- theories. Um, some people saw it as surrealistic, so realistic but like in a dreamlike manner, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure. Or a lot of people said that they think it could also be considered abstract art, if that's a little bit easier. His paintings more went along with abstract. Mm-hmm. His photography was more surrealistic. Dreamlike. Dreamlike, escapism kind of thing. hmm now, in the 1959 exhibition held at the Photographic Society in Glouis, Beksinski presented his famous work, Sadist's Corset, and 14 other untitled works. He had a tendency to not title his works because he thought that that put something in your mind already.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It, yeah. Leave it for your interpretation, like, completely. Right, that's no what clues. he liked to do. You just look at it and get whatever you want from it.
0: Exactly. Now his portfolio, his full portfolio, contains hundreds of photographs that now reside at the National Museum in Roklau, W-R-O-C-L-A-W. I'm so sorry, Poland. Now his works were considered to be among the most important achievements of Polish 20th-century photography. He became very famous for his works; mm-hmm. like he is renowned today for his artwork. Now, while he garnered great attention, Baksinski fell bored of the limitations of photography. Mm-hmm. So he started focusing his efforts into his drawings and paintings at this time. Now, he's he's been drawing and been painting for his whole lifetime. But this is really where his focus shifted towards that. And during the 1960s, Baskinski entered what he himself called his fantastic period. Now, this was his best known period where he created pretty disturbing images. These paintings showcased a gloomy, surrealistic environment with detailed scenes of death, decay, skeletons, deformed figures, and deserts. So he was kind of doing that with his photography. It was kind of an in-your-face, not death and decay, but a very, like, abstract. It gave you kind of, like, a creepy feeling. It's like eerie. Like an eerie feeling, Mm -hmm. right. Um... So many agreed that his work contained an intensely haunting and mysterious aura that stayed with them throughout his entire career. Some even went as far as saying that they had a nightmarish quality about them. According to the Mexican film director Guillermo del Toro, quote, In the medieval tradition, Basinski seemed to believe art to be a forewarning about the fragility of the flesh, Whatever pleasures we know are doomed to perish. Thus his paintings manage to evoke at once the process of decay and the ongoing struggle for life. They hold within them a secret poetry stained with blood and rust. Now, Basinski stated himself, I wish to paint in such a manner as if I were photographing dreams. Mm-hmm. So it was a very... It was very... They're, they're realistic, but in like a... It's not... It's obviously not real Mm
1: -hmm. but it's he paints it so realistically that it almost feels like it could be sure i'm sure it has like an uncanny valley feel to it as well where it looks so realistic but it can't be real right but it looks real yeah
0: but it can't be yes now he actually became known for his fantastical presentation of his work and he became a leading figure in contemporary polish art he had exhibitions where all of his art pieces would sell. There was one in particular that really he hit his momentum because he had, I don't I don't know how many works, but it was a, like an exhibition, all of them sold. He sold them all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he became very, very famous.
1: I wonder if, and maybe this is um, like stereotypical of, or of me or something, but I wonder if his popularity in Poland with this theme of like, death and, like, eeriness and hauntiness. I wonder if it resonated with people... Because this is, like, 20th century, so it would be, like, in the, in the 60s. So it's following the Holocaust. Oh, maybe. So I wonder if it resonated with the people of Poland because it was such a culturally impactful... Could be. ...era for them. Yeah. Now, he
0: started to gain a following in, like, the United States, I believe Japan, I read. <laughs> Some other places, um but he also had so many pieces of artwork. Yeah. Like he would just apparently be in his house and like listen to some kind of music and they'd just paint like all day. Mhm. Now, in the 1980s, the painter transitioned his focus to monumental or sculpture-like images. These images were rendered in an often subdued color palette. As he continued this into the 1990s, he also began working on digital photography and photo manipulation that he worked on until his tragic death in 2005. Now, I don't have some of this written down, so excuse me if I get some of the details wrong, but he published at least one book, if not a few, on his various art styles and Mm -hmm. his works and things like that that became very famous as well. Um, I mean, people today believe that he was... Like his reputation will never be forgotten. Like mm-hmm. his work at the time was so thought provoking because he himself didn't want to adhere to any boxes mm-hmm. that the arts were trying to put people in, I guess, at the time. Yeah. And so they were considered to be a little out there, mm-hmm. but I think that's why he became so well known.
1: He was always being a revolutionary or he was always being a trailblazer. Yeah outside of what other people were doing right he because was he was like
0: you nobody can say what art is so this is what i think it is and i think that also plays into why he didn't title his works because yeah. he's like it can be whatever you want it to be mm-hmm. kind of sure thing. now Basinski's life was unfortunately filled with tragedy leading up to his own death in 2005 his wife Sophia died in 1988 of cancer and then a year later on christmas eve his son tomas actually committed suicide sad now this was all very hard for basinski to come to terms with um it it was just a very sad part of his life obviously it would be for anybody now on february 21st 2005 basinski was found dead in his flat with 17 stab wounds Robert Ooh. Kupik and Lukas Kupik? they have the same last name? I don't know. They were later arrested and sentenced to 25 years in prison and five years, respectively. And uh, uh, apparently this was all over $100 that Basinski wouldn't lend them. Um, they were Basinski's caregiver's son and friend, or son and son, or son and cousin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and they asked him to lend them money, and he said no.
1: So. I'm wondering if they were um, into drugs, and it seemed like a lot of money Maybe. for them at the time. Maybe. Um, but, I mean, $100, dollars—if when you need $100, yeah. is a lot of money. Right. Right. It's not worth the price of a life. Nothing's worth the price right. of a life. That makes that makes sense.
0: Now, obviously, like we said, Basinski's reputation in the art world will most likely never be forgotten, his, They just left all art trends behind. And he, he was just kind of a revolutionary, I think, mm-hmm. in some people's minds. Now, however, his paintings are known now for other reasons. There aren't a lot of sources on this, so it's kind of just like hearsay. But some think that Basinski was able to capture the idea and uh, of death and tragedy so well in his paintings. Or what he was painting of. You know, the whole subject matter of death, decay, mm-hmm. dying... Um, things like that, that if one gazes upon his photographs or his paintings in particular for too long, that they could
1: soon die. Mm, so the the amount of in- death energy that he kind of portrayed can kind of be um, transposed onto you if you look at them for right. So
0: long. Which there are a couple sites where you can see his paintings, and and they're very interesting paintings, but I'm nervous now to look at them for too long because I don't want to die. (laughs) Quick glances. (laughs) Right, Um, but it's just very interesting because they are, I don't know, the ones that I saw are just, I don't want to say weird because it's not weird, it's just, they're eerie. They give you an Mm -hmm. eerie feeling. And they make you want to look longer, but then with this rumor started, it's like, mm-hmm. should you? Probably not. You know not. what I mean?
1: They, like, draw you in, but at the same time, it's because they are so different, maybe? Yeah. I haven't looked at any of those. So. I'm going to show you some art pieces
0: right now. Um, this is one. Don't look for too long.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see how you, the longer you stare at that, the more interesting it would be because it's so yeah. detailed. Yeah, same thing. I think the longer that you observed it, the -hmm. more you would appreciate, like, the fine detail. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just showing you random ones, but... Like, you could stare at those for hours and probably find little pieces here and there that you didn't notice before, just because they're so intricate. Right, and
0: that's why, like, you want to look at them to see the further details, but then this is kind of like an urban legend that has surrounded them, and so I think it kind of almost makes it a little... I, I think it almost makes the artwork even more fantastical mm-hmm. because it has this
1: it gives dangerous, you, yeah. like,
0: aura around it that makes you want to know and makes you want to look more.
1: I think it makes it makes them almost ominous in a way. Yeah, yeah. I think even if I didn't know, like, if I, you would have just showed me the pictures before I knew that people had this, like, urban legend around it, yeah. it almost has this vibe of, Capturing death so uniquely yeah. that it ha- it literally has like an ominous feel. Yeah, exactly. And
0: like I said, the, the artwork is wonderful. Like I've looked at mm-hmm. many of the paintings. The ones I just showed you were just the first ones that popped up on Google. But they all have this like haunting. It stays with you a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it does. Now, moving on to another cursed object. But this time it's a phone number. Now this particular phone number is 0888-888-888. This Bulgarian phone number belongs to a company called Mobiltel, M-O-B-I-L-T-E-L. I I spell this out because there is a company called Mobitel, no L, no first L, Mm -hmm. so gotta get it right. Um, This company is also known as MTEL, Now, this company was founded in 1994 and launched under the name Citron a year later, 1995. It was the first GSM mobile phone operator in Bulgaria. Now, Mobitel is still in operation today, remaining one of the largest mobile phone operators in the country under the name A1. So, A1, Citron, MTEL, and Mobiltel are all the same company. It's just changed its name over mm-hmm. the years. A1. So then now they have steak sauce? Now they have steak sauce. You buy phone, you get free steak sauce. That's a great deal. <laughs> I'd do it. Now, it has millions of customers using various phone numbers, but the phone number 0888-888-888 is no longer in operation.
1: Why? I'll
0: tell you. Within the span of a few years, three different people who had this particular phone number died in a terrible fashion. The phone number first found its way into the hands of mobile phone company executive Vladimir Grashnov. G
1: R A S H N O V. Was he a phone executive for this company? Yeah, or a different
0: he is his own phone company. Don't worry, because people. It'd be
1: wild. They were like, hey, that number, give it to the competitor. Right, right. Oh my gosh. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. Here, we're going to give you a free phone. Compliments of us. <laughs> no. Dead. Dead, dead.
0: Now, unfortunately, he died unexpectedly on October 9th, 2001, shortly after receiving the number. Most sources say that they think he died from cancer, but the hospital only notes that he passed away after a prolonged illness.
1: Yeah, he held his phone too close to his head, and the radiation Radiation gave him cancer. cancer. Yeah.
0: You know, that was like a rumor, and I do get nervous about that sometimes, so I'll just slide my phone like a few inches away so instead of four inches away from my face it's 10 do you think that helps i mean speakerphone baby (laughs) now the phone number then made its way to bulgarian mobster konstantin samokovetsa dimitrov Now, Dimitrov was born on November 21st, 1970, and by the age of 33, he had become well-known in Bulgaria's world of organized crime. Drug smuggling became what he was known best for after moving up the ranks of Vasililov security, which was a quote unquote insurance and security company.
1: Absolutely was. It. So what this guy did is he walked in and said, "I want the toughest phone number you got." And it was they're like, "Okay, well our exec just died. How about his?" <laughs> He's like, "Yes, absolutely." That sounds pretty tough. Now, did the I, other option is that somebody said, "Well, we got this phone," and he was like, "Give me a free phone," and they're like, oh, "They're like, here, here you, you go.
0: go." Right. We had a. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know There's, how that works. No, no, no.
1: Those are the only two Those options. are the only
0: two options. Now, Dimitrov eventually moved to the Netherlands on December 6th, 2003. The following day, he was gunned down in Amsterdam while looking at various shops at the Dam Square in the center of the city. After Dimitrov's death, the phone number was assigned to Konstantin Dishliev, the 28-year-old businessman in real estate entrepreneur was also shot to death. Now on May 14th 2005 Dishilov was gunned down in front of a restaurant in Sofia. Many stories that surface after his death pointed to Dish Dishlav being involved with a huge cocaine trafficking operation. While these are not necessarily 100% verified sources there's a lot of evidence
1: Saying he was smuggling cocaine. <laughs> so it's like, he wasn't smuggling cocaine. Wink, wink. Right. right. So, okay, I know that when people change, like, when a phone number gets passed around, it's not a phone Phone being yeah. passed around. But it's it, the number. in my mind, that's how I'm going to be. Like, oh, look at all these drug contacts. Perfect. Pass it to the next guy yeah, who's yeah. going to use it for <laughs> drug contact. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's a burner phone that keeps getting used by different it's people. It's a burner phone with a tracking device. <laughs> and bad stuff just keeps happening. Right. So, the phone number was at first dormant while
0: the investigation of Dishlove's killing and smuggling ring were ongoing. Somehow, news outlets figured out that this phone number was... Had, you know, in a span of like five years, had been in the hands of three people who all had died. So, when the Telegraph reported this detail, many individuals tried contacting the phone number to no avail, so that's kind of why they figured out it was it, it was not connected. People tried to call it, and they would only receive the recorded message message saying that the phone was outside network coverage
1: so, so I'm now right. it was a burner phone. <laughs> And the police informant slash mole for all these people, although I don't know what the phone exec did in the beginning. Right. They're the ones who connected the dots and then told the media. Right. So after the dust
0: cleared, the phone number still seemed to have been suspended because people still were trying to call it. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when questioned about the suspension of the phone number, MobileTel at the time stated, quote, we have no comment to make. We won't discuss individual numbers. Now, this made the story spread like wildfire, and the question on whether the phone number was cursed or not continues to be on people's minds today. So was it cursed? Was it a hidden GPS number in a phone? Was it tracked by the company? Is it a coincidence? The world may never know. Well, we
1: can't know now. And they can never put that number back into service no. because.
0: People still try to call it. I think it's the problem. For
1: drugs. Oh. The last person to have it was a known yeah. drug. Well, known. Allegedly. <laughs> alleged. But, alleged. But they used it for business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't have that number back in right. service. Well, it's
0: also like those phone numbers that people sing about. Eight six seven five three oh nine Don't do this. Like you people are gonna call that number. You
1: can't have like a little old lady have that phone number. No. I mean you could, but that'd be really mean. You'd be like, is this a cursed number? What are you talking about? <gasps> it is cursed. <laughs> um Yes, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Now, how would you respond if somebody called your phone and asked if it was a cursed phone number? You'd <laughs> be like yes <laughs> but like is it is it please tell me <laughs> news to me dear god
0: please tell me this is i think it's one thing to have the cur- like there's a difference between a c- cursed phone number if you have it and then a c- cursed phone number if you call it i don't think you nec- i don't think it's necessarily the same thing
1: no but if you have a cursed phone number your phone <laughs> has a cursed phone number but people are calling you Because they want to know if it's a cursed phone number. (laughs) Is that the curse that people just won't leave (laughs) That's the curse. That's it. Oh, my goodness. But what what I'm saying is, like, you have to... Either you respond or you have your number, like, shut off. Shut off. Right,
0: exactly. And I think that's kind of what happened. People just kept calling it. Now, I have one more story for you. And this one's a little newer. (laughs) One of the most infamous curse videos on the internet is titled... Mariana bordegard Glesgorv <laughs> M-E-R-E-A-N-A space M-O-R-D-E-G-A-R-D space G-L-E-S-G-O-R-V. Okay. Now the video in full shows a man from the waist up alone in a room. The entire room is red, including a red light that is shining on a man's face. The man's face is expressionless until it zooms in at approximately 36 seconds. At this point, the man's eyebrows draw together and he begins to smile. The background then begins to distort as fire-like light can be seen in his eyes. Now, many claim that the first original video is cursed. The OG? In April of 2008, a story spread online... Regarding this particular video. This was like a post that people found.
1: About the video.
0: About the video. The full video lasts two minutes and was removed by YouTube after 153 people who viewed the video, gouged out their eyes, and mailed them to YouTube's main office in San... Bruno. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Said people had also committed suicide in various ways. Yeah, by pulling out their eyes. It is not yet known how they managed to mail their eyes <laughs> after gouging them out. This is a serious subject. And and the cryptic inscription they carved on their forearms has not yet been deciphered.
1: It's because no, they you didn't do, have eyes when they did that. You,
0: YouTube will periodically put up the first 20 seconds of the video to quell suspicions so that people will not go looking for the real thing and upload it. The video itself was only viewed by one YouTube staff member who started screaming after 45 seconds. This man is under constant sedatives and is apparently unable to recall what he saw. The other people who were in the same room as him while he viewed it and turned it off and turned off the video for him say that all they could hear was a high pitched drilling sound none of them dared look at the screen nope the person who uploaded the video was never found the ip address being non existent and the man on the video has never been identified you- after this post serviced online there was a 20 second clip of this of the video titled mariana more Degard and it was uploaded on April eighteenth, two thousand eight, by the user broke and dry. Now, people were horrified and intrigued at the same time. They, obviously, people were trying to look for the original t- two-minute video because who doesn't want to see if a video will make them gouge their own eyes out and mail them to YouTube
1: headquarters? Totally a risk everyone's willing to take, right? Totally normal.
0: Now, the original story was found to have been posted on the website Creepypasta. Which is a self, which is self-described as a collection of various paranormal/slash scary short stories. They're usually fake. The uploader of the twenty-second clip thought that it would be fun to keep the mystery of the scary story alive, so they didn't crack until the man in the photo or in the video was actually identified as a marketing coordinator for a Los Angeles advertising agency. So he. When people were, like, asking the user, like, where the original videos and all the stuff, he was, like, playing it up. Like, oh, it's too dangerous to show the clip. Blah, blah, blah. But then people did some research and were like, hey, this is literally just a distorted face of this stock photo of this guy. Now, although I'm probably going to believe that it is all made up, I personally did not watch the full two-minute video. Just In case.
1: Wait, so you have the full two-minute video?
0: I have what I am assuming is the full two-minute video. I don't know if it's the original because people said only the original video is the one that made people gouge their eyes out. Not the remix. Not the remix. But I do have a version. People claim it's the original, but it's like a re-upload of the original, so it's not really the original. There's a lot of
1: things wrong with this story. They gouged their eyes out, nailed <laughs> them, nailed them the reason, with no eyes. I'm sorry. Carved onto their arms the, with the, no the, eyes. The, you can't read it because they didn't have eyes when they carved it. It's not a cryptic message. They just didn't write just anything because they didn't see. have eyes. Yeah, I thought, Close your eyes. Get a piece of paper and a pencil right now. Everyone listening. Me? No. Well, yeah, you too. Sure. <laughs> But close your eyes and draw a picture of an ice cream cone with your eyes closed completely. Does it look like an ice cream cone when you're done? Probably not. I I just think it's so funny that
0: the person who posted this creepypasta literally wrote in there, it is not yet known how they managed to mail their eyes after gouging them out.
1: You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say that. (laughs) Well, but the, here's the thing, too. Okay, did they gouge their eyes out, walk to the mailbox, mailed them? I don't think it would be that hard. They also had to find a stamp. And did they need some kind, like, it's not like eyes wouldn't need, like, some special postage. It's not like just mailing an envelope. You're getting a special stamp. Maybe a special envelope. You don't have eyes. And then how soon after you've mailed these are you writing on your arm? Because is this, like, within an first. hour? You'd be able to read it.
0: Now, well, it's a cryptic message. It's in code, Whitney. It's in code if you say so.
1: <laughs> so those
0: are my four cursed objects that I want to wanted to bring to you on this beautiful evening. So give me a recap. Give you a recap. just like the four cursed objects screaming skull, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. The paintings of Basinski? Mm-hmm. The phone number Zero eight
1: eight eighty eight. Okay.
0: That's not do do what do you want me to do? do, do start do rapping do 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 to your beat? Do do. Like I don't I shouldn't
1: turn it into the toilet zone so but I got <laughs> kind of stuck. <laughs> On one note.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right. So do you think that any of these will keep you up at night, or do you still think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug?
1: I'm trying to decide if I would want to watch the remix video. I watched it, but what I did was I
0: didn't watch it in full. I skipped, like, I clicked ahead every so many seconds. Because in my mind, I'm like, you have to watch, like, it in its entirety mm-hmm. to be possessed. But I also did call Jack at the same time because I was like, what if I watch this and then I want to go try eyes out?
1: What would he do? He's not going to get here before you... Gotcha. He might get here to help you mail.
0: <laughs> I'll just have him be my eyes. I'll keep him on FaceTime. And then I'll be like, where's
1: the envelope <laughs> to your left? Now I got to drive to the post office. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, That one kind of is... I don't love it. I mean, I think that the phone number, there's more going on there. So we should start calling it because maybe someday it'll come back online. No, and but calling it's not what's cursed. Not is not what's cursed. Yeah, but what if somebody actually
0: answers? But it's not somebody. But then you warn them. Maybe it's maybe it's the ghost of one of the mobsters. That then got they'll killed. be well, appreciative that mobster. you took time to care. I'm not so sure about that. In my mind, what you're saying right now is, hey, don't go into antique shops and touch things that could be cursed. But what we were saying is these allegedly cursed objects and things, let's go ahead and touch them. That doesn't make any sense. Not
1: touching them. I'm not saying, hey, give me that phone number.
0: Yeah, but what if? Like, what if? What if I watch this video and I want to gouge
1: my own eyes out? Like, what if? That's why I'm not going to watch the full well, thing. Well, we have to have the antidote on hand. Which is? we got to find it first. <laughs> I'm going to call up Nicolas Cage. I'm sure he's got an idea or two. Why? Ah, oh, it's on the back of the Declaration oh, of
0: Independence. National Treasure, definitely in the top at least ten movie franchises. I would put it in the top five, but I don't know if it deserves that high. What is his name in that movie? Is he just Nicolas Cage? Ghostwriter. Yeah, his real name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. That's Nicolas Cage's real name. Nicolas Cage is a stage name. His name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Benjamin Button.
1: <laughs> can I make a D&D character that's got Benjamin Buttons? <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure, you can do whatever you want. What you can't do, though, is go off topic anymore. Watch me. <laughs> if, you, if you are the person that commented on our pod bean that wants a sticker, please DM me on any of our social media sites Facebook is Bug in a Rug, Instagram and Twitter at BIR Podcast or email me, gmail.com and let me know your address so I can mail you that sticker. That goes for anybody else.
1: Okay, so we're not calling the phone number. That's what you've decided. The paintings, I've glanced at them. I'll glance more, but a glance is no longer than a glance. Therefore, I don't think my... I, I don't think... Troubled. I don't think I'm going to die. You never know, (laughs) but I feel like the, I'm not going to watch that video. It's just not happening. I'm glad you watched it. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I won't watch it. I I, won't do it. I didn't enjoy myself. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't.
0: I thought I was going to go to Rana. Anyway.
1: And what was the fourth one? What was the, the, first the Screaming Skull. The Screaming Skull? Not a problem. Follow directions. Follow directions. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I think we got it down pat. All we have to do is carry Madame Zeroni up the mountain.
0: Yeah. And kiss an ogre. Yep. Done
1: and done. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Blueberry. Snickle
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Let us know what you thought. Let us know if you would kiss an ogre. Signing off. I'm Galen. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.